What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Yala, but your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the most buzzworthy topics with a touch of what, Terrence? What I'm uh, hoping is humor la, that people find the funny yeah, side hoping of it. La. I hope so. Eh? Hoping. So this is gonna be a tough yeah. one, right? Eh? This is a tough one. Just is it a tough one? Like this, this is the theme every week, what? No, no, but <laughs> this one I really like. Well, I listen to a lot of YouTube videos on like double speed to try and get ready for this one. Oh, eh? is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's cool. Tough, That's cool. Tough, tough one. Yeah. Tough one. Eh? Mm. But uh before that, is there anything we'd like to plug? Uh as always, we like to encourage anyone who enjoys this podcast and the debates or discussions that we have on this podcast mm. to share it yeah. with at least one person in your life. Because I, I think yeah. we could all do with a little bit more debate and discussion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially around the topic or theme of today's podcast because yeah. both our serious and goofy topics kind of concern the same, are around the same big behemoth of a topic. La. Yes. And that is that is race, 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 my friends. Racial relations, racial relations. Racial harmony. I mean, I guess. I mean, j- just one thing is that if you are listening to this, the following podcast that we will be recording in the middle of this week or the next episode, if you are listening to this further a few weeks down the line, is a podcast with Sudhir, mm. uh, where we're going to be deep diving into race in in Singapore, like the whole big fucking shebang of the whole topic but mm. but which is so if you have any questions just put them down in the reddit uh on our in the link is in the show notes yeah but but yeah that's the broader topic today there's one thing that came up that made us want to talk about it yeah. and what is that terence it is the open letter about critical race theory addressed to lian he zao bao signed by academics mm. uh and and you know what else are, and, and and scholars across singapore Scholars, yeah, yeah, correct. Academics and scholars. Yes. So, so the the article actually came out in let's see, it was posted on June 9th, mm, yeah, right? That's right. And it was an it was an opinion piece. Mm. So it wasn't a forum letter, correct. right? It wasn't a forum letter. It was an opinion piece, and the the gist of it, you 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 mentioned critical race theory. Did mm. you mention that just now? Yes, yes, yes. But overall, overall, the topic, the, the title was expand public space to promote racial harmony. Mm. So, the open letter that was signed by the scholars and academics was in response to that Like they were against the letter. Correct. But correct. would would you like to would you like to give a, a taste of of what the editorial was about? Um, I I think I think the best. Uh, summary I could find was on wethecitizens.net which I think is by mm. Kristen Hart uh, mm. immediately there's a there's an English translation uh, and the she, she puts a TLDR version which is I quote her it attributes racist incidents to COVID-19 frustrations social media and critical race theory described as an important idea encouraging racist hatred against white people so essentially what she's saying is that um, rather than um, I did trying to identify the true underlying causes of all the recent racist incidents that have taken place in Singapore. Uh, yeah, it, it generali- generalizes everything mm-hmm. under you know either people are frustrated with COVID or uh, you know people getting angry on social media and also foreign so-called foreign ideology like critical race theory, which is also a very big topic of debate in the US as we speak. La. And I assume that's what the videos on YouTube you were, you were watching were yeah, about. Yeah, correct. About critical race theory. Yeah. So, so, I mean, okay. uh, the, the one thing I want to point out is that I have not read the actual uh, Chinese version of the text. But the, the part that I think um, bears mentioning or even just directly uh, quoting from this English translation that Kirsten Han did of the Chinese newspaper uh, is mm. that um, they say... Okay, let me just pull it up. Huh? Okay, she says. So you're you're looking at the at the full translation of the article, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So okay. yeah, the, the part there. I mean, there's firstly, secondly, why you know the race, racist incidents have happened in Singapore, So this is the third point. The article says, thirdly, even if every country's circumstances are different, ideologies and concepts from overseas have changed traditional race relations. There are people who have simply copied the American idea of critical race theory, which encourages racist hatred of white people to the Singaporean context. Exchanging anti-white sentiments like white privilege to Chinese privilege, adding to unhappiness between racial groups. 
And, mm. and also, foreign ideas have also influenced the culture and lifestyles of different racial groups, including eating and drinking habits and dress, becoming new markers of core racial identities, and silently expanding the othering of other racial groups. So I think this is the, mm. when you talk about um, the critical race theory, this is the, the chunk that uh, I think the letter is trying to address uh, specifically. Yeah, but in in general, because that one already sounds like fucking academic, uh, yeah. uh, you know, critical race theory and all mm. that. But in general, there were other things that the article also pointed out more mm. explicitly. Mm. And and I will say, we'll put a link in the show notes to a proper translation of the article because when I first read it, I used Google Translate. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, they call they call Shamugam Minister of the Interior uh shan mujen okay m-u-g-e-n okay so so then i was like oh fuck there's probably something i'm missing out here so then i look for uh, a version where someone actually translated it from chinese to english uh, and mm. i think that's the one that you're reading yeah um because you mentioned the, the third paragraph right mm. but in in essence um yeah like they they were they it did go into somewhat detail about how that yeah, the the pandemic and and social media, they om- they almost you know like one school of thought which we also have discussed is now with social media is bringing to light things that have been happening for ages, mm-hmm. um, and it's just now more on the open la, because people have cameras. Mm. This article seemed to argue that it was it wasn't that it was just the current situation is making people behave this way la. Mm-hmm. and it was almost condoning their behavior. So those were like the first points and the second points. Yeah, social media. Uh, the pandemic and then the third one was critical race uh, theory yeah. um, and then it ends off by saying you know each of us have multiple identities we might be Chinese but also Singaporeans similarly people are Malay or Indian but also Singaporeans the point is we must ensure that our multiple identities are complementary and not exclusive or exclusionary mm. and and end off with the same cheesy stuff like we need to expand our horizons in daily activities and you know um, uh, like just avo- improve understanding and tolerance between racial groups through increased engagement and interaction. Mm-hmm. So the open letter was published, I believe, yesterday. So, so, so to clarify, everything that we've been talking about is from the commentary of the Lian He Zaobao article, right? The, the Lian He Zaobao commentary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, correct. as in the... Yeah, correct. And it was published by Lian He Zaobao, mm, not correct. a forum letter. Because yep. sometimes you read straight times forum letters, you're like, what the fuck? But then yeah. you realize, okay, maybe it might just be one person who wrote it in. This was an editorial mm. that means it came from the publication. Mm. Uh, and then the open letter was published yesterday. At first, I mean, it's published by academia.sg. Like. I didn't even know this thing, academia.sg, uh, exists. Mm. Are you aware of it? Uh, no, I don't know. So what, what they are is a, is a website maintained by a group of Singaporean academics to promote Singapore studies and to encourage critical debate about the state of intellectual life in Singapore. Um, that's a bit of a mouthful, mm. but but there is that thing and they posted this and I saw my friend who's the assistant editor of Academia SG share this and right now it's been signed by 150, 183 scholars or academics. Mm. Are there any big names inside there as you're scrolling through the... And this is a Google Doc, uh, so actually anyone can access it and see who has signed off on it, right? Yeah, but... But to, to, so there's a call out at the top. It says, if you're an academic or independent scholar based in, from, or doing work in, on, about Singapore who is interested in adding your name to the list of signatories, please fill in this form. Mm. So there is a vetting process. Mm. But even before that, like what, what qualifies as a scholar? Academic, I know, okay, like you're a professional lecturer. Mm. I don't know. Uh, do do teachers in primary schools and kindergartens also qualify as academic or is that tiers of no, academic academia? I think probably with, Thinking more of like uh, uh, higher. I mean, higher education lah. That means like master. Then was independent scholar. So I think there are some master students in here. Ah, uh, uh. masters of MA. They say MA students or research, uh, senior research fellows. You know, mm. so they're not necessarily professors, but they could be, uh, maybe doing research at a university or something. Uh, PhD candidates. Uh, uh. I mean, I see like Joshua Yip in there. You know, poet poets yeah uh, i see donald low donald low you know uh yeah so there's a lot a lot of uh, writers who are phd candidates and and other people in so-called academia la. yeah mm. then what's a independent scholar are we independent scholars or not no we're not we're not we're not studying why in particular we're not publishing <laughs> hey, any papers. Fuck. for yeah. for this for this podcast we have to read a lot okay 
Yeah, and but, isn't the podcast kind of academic as well? Right, but we just we're not like putting it down on paper and having it fact checked by anyone, right? That's the, that's the thing, lah, right? Our Reddit, our Reddit fact checks us, right? Fact, our Reddit, fact Reddit checks la, us, right? Yeah, but this <laughs> yeah. Reddit University, la. So so yeah, lah. Maybe we, call, we can consider ourselves independent in that way. Uh, yeah, but yeah, la, I mean, I think anyone you would know yourself. I mean, oh, our university gets a mention here. A PhD student mm. from the Department of Anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, mm. Yeah, so so there's a lot of a lot of uh, associate, prof- associate professors, students, and the like in there, lah. Yeah, yeah. So so then the the open letter, yeah. So it starts off. We are writing as scholars and academics to express our collective dismay, and then they they go on to talk about how yeah, Leonard Zappa was their way of talking about the issue was uncounterproductive mm. and basically what you're saying is that yeah like, like what we also were pointing out that the article kind of seemed to put the blame on the current situation as opposed to the structural and systemic racism like, and then they focus on critical race theory mm. um okay. so maybe maybe you can you can take it away with what you have learned about critical race theory oh. from youtube um <laughs> okay so critical race theory is I think I believe it started uh, in the seventies, in mm. the, uh, in primarily in academia, lah, right? Where there was a movement. Um, it's not. It's not a. It's not very. It's not a very clearly defined thing. But it's generally a movement to examine America's history and institutional policies through the lens of race. So mm. basically, you. I mean, you just imagine any policy. That they might have, whether it's uh about uh the recruitment of of um people to the military, or 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 anything else like back. I mean back 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 in the days, even before before Martin Luther King and all that, there literally were policies like in certain states where, you know, black people and white people couldn't ride, couldn't sit in the same section of the bus, right? And you mm-hmm. could you could actually exclude a certain race from your restaurant. You could say, oh, this restaurant's for whites only, things like that, lah. So mm. what critical race theory is uh is trying to push uh academia towards examining using the lens of race to also examine history. Uh. That means I think some of the proponents say it's along they want it to be taught alongside other approaches to to studying American history. Just so that um people can generally better understand how racial racial tensions, racial relations in America are very complex. And have a very very long, uh, often violent and 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 very bloody history, and how that affects mm. even till today the very structures of the institutions that they have set up, lah. So mm. that's uh that's broadly like I mean in a nutshell what I would tell a layperson critical race theory is. Of course, if you ask a critic of critical race theory and a supporter of critical race theory what it is, they will also tell you different things, lah. Yeah, mm. but what was your understanding okay. of it, uh? Um, I mean, yeah, like in in the sense that that you need to view things through this this lens that acknowledges the the systemic and structural issues, mm. And I think it 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 has uh, been implemented even in like teaching math and teaching English in schools. Um, mm. and and just for for example, I think I saw someone post something from this website called Equitable Math mm. where they talk about um, yeah like and, uh, you know like how we, in primary school we grew up with that John, Ahmad and Mutu yes. has 20 marbles yeah. and all that right yeah. so if I'm not wrong what critical race theory kind of implores people to do is bake in the sort of systemic racial cultural um, inequalities into problems like that when mm. learning mm. so that it it's part of the whole learning process, like, and it doesn't just it it kind of informs and educates, but also does it in a way that is contextual to the yeah. to the kids, as opposed to something that comes in from the side about racism. Like. And and I'm, let me correct myself before I get shot down. So it's not just about history, mm. like. Harish is correct in saying that it's about uh yeah like everything everything you teach in school can actually be viewed through a, a lens of race, like, right? Like like what he said, mm. whether Mutu or, or Xiaoming has more John marbles, Muhammad, yeah. who starts off with more yeah. marbles and who ends up with more marbles, you know, that that feeds into how people think about uh, different groups of society as well. Like. So uh, yeah. what do critics of critical... I mean, I just very... If you can sum it up, like, what do critics of critical race theory 
say like, and, and these are mostly conservatives like, right who who yeah. criticize it because right now okay yeah. the context right now for in the state of Florida for example the government the governor I think the governor of Florida just banned the teaching of critical race theory in schools uh. oh so, is it yeah so it's a very hot topic that a lot of people are debating oh I thought Florida is quite a progressive state eh? no le, Florida oh, huh. is I mean no. Trump is staying in Florida right now eh? I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. That's why he went right after. He just he swung the needle. Uh. Yeah. He just swung the needle. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, one thing I saw about the, the crit- uh, criticism is that if you are starting from that path where you're taking into account historical and, I mean, cultural, like current systemic and structural issues also, it automatically paints the, say, white children yeah. as being somewhat guilty. Evil, la. yeah. Yeah, being evil and to do that to kids who really had no fucking thing to do with all the issues of today, yeah. it's doesn't feel like it's it's almost like a tit for tat, uh, you know, like mm. previously minorities used to start uh at a like having to work harder to get to the equal ground. Now mm. it's like okay, let's let's flip the thing and make it like start the prejudice against the white person yeah. to to catch up. Like. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's yeah. something that I've gathered from yeah. criticism. Like, and they tend to be from the conservatives or the far right. Like. Yeah. And, and I think the, 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 that to add on to that, they say that basically critical race theory is is racism itself, like, right? It's essentially mm. like when well, Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. And his dream is, is of, we don't see, we don't judge anyone by his color, but by the content of his his character, like, right? Uh, mm. So, so when you start looking at someone's skin and they say, oh, because you are, you are, you know, a certain skin color, you are, you have traditionally been disadvantaged, have been disadvantaged. And then, oh, because you're this skin color means you have been advantaged, your, you'll be advantaged your whole life. Uh, mm. they, they are saying, isn't that like just 101, racism 101, right? Where, where yeah. you are basically imposing racism as a means of fighting racism, which doesn't make sense. Lah. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's what the, the critics of it would say. Um, uh, I think that the other thing I often hear is that the critical race theory often doesn't um, uh, because of its its linkages to to uh, m- uh, like communist school of thought, the Marxist school of schools of thought, not right. Um, mm. Is that you know it, it really what it tries to encourage supposedly is a lot of class warfare and class and rather mm. not class warfare but warfare between. Uh, tribal groups la, and then what bigger group is there than you know uh, classification of people than by skin color la, right and and, mm. and 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 you know it involves destroying all the institutions burning down all the institutions that we have now because they're all flawed and we just take everything down la, and then we start from scratch and yeah. maybe it'll be better so so that's something so, I hear a lot about people who criticize critical race theory uh, but how about so, supporters so now, what, what do supporters say about it la? good points I mean uh, I I I was looking more for criticisms because the supporters I can I can like I assume it's more along the lines of like okay like the system is flawed the mm. system is prejudiced the system is biased mm. it's better we acknowledge it and bake it into whatever our kids are learning so that they are aware of this like because mm. I mean you look at Singapore now you look at the recent videos that have gone viral mm. and I'm sure everybody wonders where the fuck did these people come from like what mm. kind of life have they led to lead them to a point where you're a 60-year-old lecturer and you think it's okay to lecture someone in an interracial relationship in public. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I would imagine like for, for the supporters for Critical Race Theory to be embedded in everything that is taught is that, okay, you start them young mm. so that they are aware of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think uh, that's true. And uh, the other thing that Critical Race Theory encourages is, is yeah, to, to not be... Uh, blind to the fact that yeah, la, race, skin color, all that has has uh, an effect on how people have behaved in the past and everything, la, right? Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And even during that period, I mean, the couple hundred years that America of America's history, when they draw up the institution, when they draw up the plans or the institutions and everything, they are also mm. affected by the zeitgeist at that point of time, like what people think of other people at that point of time. And and yeah. inve- inevitably there will be blind spots where they don't realize like hey this unfairly you know uh, disadvantages a certain group of people compared to another group of people uh, you know they don't they don't even see it because they don't have the benefit of that kind of foresight uh, right mm-hmm. so so that's what critical race theory tries to well, it will make you try and um, rethink some of these 
uh, whether these institutions are really the, uh, the the you know really trying to do the best for everyone nah. Mm. Mm. So so now now that we have spoken so much about critical race theory, hopefully if you are listening, you kind of have maybe a, a little bit more info than you did at the start mm. of the podcast. Yeah. Um. And hopefully it's not you're listening and thinking, what the fuck are these two idiots talking about? Correct, correct. Uh. Hopefully we have, we have illuminated it. No, but, but about it's, 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 it's but yeah. I was, I think the critical race theory is a is a very interesting, uh, thought experiment for yourself or so right? Even if, mm. even if that's all you take away from the podcast today, you're just thinking about yeah. like um. How yeah? How do disadvantaged groups? How should they? How should we get to a position of equity in society, la, Right? Where should we give them a boost at the start, or, or how should we do it, la, Right? You yeah, know, and like and that. I mean, I I think I had heard of it before, but I didn't know to this extent, la, That it was going on. So so, did, were you aware of were, were you aware of it? Uh, no, but I I from everything I've been reading is that it really has come up in the last. A uh, few months few because of Joe Biden. A few months. No, because specifically because Joe Biden uh, is one of the first bills that he signed as the uh, first few bills that he signed as the president of the US lah to look into that it be incorporated. Yeah, incorporated into education. Oh, so Trump apparently had already like brushed it aside and said no. Uh, so it wasn't even a uh, you know I mean there were a lot of other things to think about besides uh, critical race theory in schools lah. But I yeah. think the George Floyd incident plus. You know Biden coming in and 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 saying yeah we got to look at this and all and, and you know uh, generally Biden has a lot more uh, left leaning younger people in his cabinet mm. as well uh, so you can imagine uh, which side of the political spectrum they lie on uh. yeah so so I mean like the reason why we are talking about it is because it it seemed like it was the crux of the open letter as well as um and and that was what they chose to focus on uh, but yeah. but now that we are both a bit more informed than we were about this. How how do how do you what do you make of the open letter or the letter in the first yeah. place? Given that it is a it is a newspaper of your people. Yeah. So of your people. So I mean, Harish and I have probably spent more time and more effort into understanding and explaining critical race theory than this than that's about commentary did lah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah la, It is a article, and you don't want to go too long and everything, but. I think what is missing in the Lehan Sabah article is is really a a more neutral, you know, explanation of what critical race theory is. And rather than using it straight out as ammunition saying that, oh, it's copied from the West and, and you know, aped from the West and, and you know, I, I, even reading it in Chinese, um uh I, I just feel that it's just too simplistic, like, you know, the the way they just yeah, because- try to explain it. Because literally, the line from the article, of course, this is the English translation, but I assume the Chinese version is not too far. It's, mm. there are people who have simply copied the American idea of critical race theory, which encourages racist hatred of white people to the Singaporean context, mm. exchanging anti-white sentiments like white privilege to Chinese privilege, adding to unhappiness between racial groups. Mm. So, to me, when you read that, it's like, wait, uh, critical race theory is not is not fully about encouraging racist uh, our like hatred of white people. Like, if someone reads it and starts to hate white people, that's like saying you watch a I don't know you watch a movie about a certain a certain group of people and you start to hate that sort of people. Like. Yeah. So so it just felt like wow you are, and it's not a well known theory like, Let's be honest, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, to just put it into that uh one line description is like fucking irresponsible of a national publication. Like. Yeah, and I mean. They have the space and the means to, to you know, have a sidebar explaining what critical race theory is and the like. What Harish and I did la, the pros are not the pros and cons, but the arguments for and against it la, right? And and yeah. give it give everyone the at least the bare the bare skeleton understanding of what it is. Yeah, and then, even at and a then very then high people, level la, right? Yeah, and then let people judge based on that. And and also mention that it is a huge thing. Like that is being discussed in the US now, right? So it's not it's not an mm. irrelevant theory from the nineteen seventies that no one is discussing, la. So and, um, and it's that, ironic because they sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna make a, another one of those umbrage jokes, but never mind. Uh, skip it, skip it. No, just make it, make it. <laughs> Come on, just make it. Okay, no, you no, have no, a captive forget, audience. Forget. They're listening. Editorial integrity. Dude, yeah, this blah, is, blah, blah. This you know, you all know like the a, joke, lah. Yeah, yeah. Take a picture. Editorial integrity, all that, lah. <laughs> SPH. No, this is not blah, like blah. that family kind of dinner where you try and make a joke, no one laughs, and everyone says, oh. "Come on, Terence, okay, tell okay. the joke." No, lah. It's just, just say, me and you. So you, of course, we try to we 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 can get angry because we are trying to hold our newspapers to a higher standard, lah. Right. 
Uh, especially for older folks, even those people of the of uh, the Tan, what's it, what the, the, that professors, Tan. Professor Tan's uh, mm. age la, A lot of them still only read newspapers as their main as their main source of like uh, information. Tan Bunli, yeah. yeah. Mm. So 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 I think it's important to to be responsible and also don't treat your don't treat your readers like like idiots la, You know, like like they just got to under just you the whatever you say about critical race theory, that's it lah, right? Yeah, because if you just blanket uh, put like that, I mean, in some way, it's a bit hypocritical, right? Here you are saying that, you know, we are adopting this ideology from the US, which is bad. But everything they're saying sounds like what a far-right or conservative person in the US would say. So isn't it, aren't they also adopting that stance? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But, right. but you know what you said, right, about how this, you must look, if you look at a demographic of readers, chances are they are, I mean, they are probably older, they are maybe not as tech-savvy, um, and it's basically yeah the older generation yeah. so that's where on the flip side right like I was wondering about the open letter by the academics mm. uh, who is it targeted at? Tu Lian He Cao Pao Tu Lian He Cao Pao yeah so I guess yeah it is targeted towards Lian He Cao Pao but um, yeah it's an open letter to Lian He Cao Pao you think they will react? Um, they won't lah because it's really a a very niche issue, and 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 I think the uh, the letter from the academics um, is actually it really very focused focused is very focused on this on the demonizing of the critical race theory like, right because what mm. they I think they're not they're not actually advocating for it but they're just saying that uh, by misrepresenting what it is and not really doing a a more balanced or thorough explore, exploration of what it is or explanation of what it is to your readers. You are doing a very big disservice to the to even to academia itself, like, right? When they where they debate these issues, where they, you know, try to come up with uh, some kind of uh, understanding or, or compromise between everyone about what this what critical race theory is. Like. It just outright says like critical race theory is a is a vehicle for for anti white, anti white propaganda and things like that. Lah. So so mm. I think that's what they 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 are taking uh the, the I mean they spend basically about three three paragraphs talking about critical race theory and how and the and they, yeah they give a bit more background about it and and uh they mention things about it like whether or not you agree with critical race theory uh and you know whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing or I think it it this it warrants more explanation more discussion than less lah so I think they're mm. trying to just fill the hole that Lian Hans Alpo did left there lah. Yeah. So, and I mean, this is not the first time that we have spoken about Lian He Pao because I believe mm. in a podcast last year, mm. we also talked about an article that was published on 13th April mm. that, um, I mean, the translated title is Do Not Make Groundless Criticisms During the Pandemic. I guess the title doesn't say much about what it's actually about, but it talked about how the outbreak of COVID-19 in migrant worker dormitories in Singapore mm. was due to the, in I say in air quotes, backwardness and the alleged bad habits of South Asian migrant workers. Yeah. Um. So. So. Like. Uh. That's why. And that was also not a forum letter. Mm. It was an opinion piece, lah. So. Mm-hmm. So I'm just. I'm just wondering because I assume the circulation of Leonard Zabao is quite wide, mm. right? Mm. Uh Why? How? I don't remember that like bubbling up to a national issue or something. Yeah, people were talking about it. But this also feels that I, if not for this open letter, I wouldn't have fucking known about the article. Uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, the usual uh, social media and people finally but, willing to say the piece and everything. But that's where like, I mean, does it strike you? Does it surprise, surprise you? <laughs> does it surprise you <laughs> that that the uh, Leonard Zabao is that publishes these kind of articles uh without almost being held accountable or like being held to the fire given the fucking situation right now um mm. to post something like this I don't understand how that process works I mean but but you know going back to even understanding critical race theory like I listened to at least four or five different definitions of what it is and what are the important features of it, like, right? So I mm. don't think there's a real consensus on what it is. I think the fault that Lianhe Zhao Bao did here is that they, they, they found probably what was like the the, the most convenient thing that the most um the thing that fit the narrative the best, like, right? Which is that yeah. oh yeah, it, it's the importation of foreign ideas that is causing these fault lines, 
in Singapore. This racial fault lines in Singapore lah. So so mm. I think that is just a bit lazy, uh, way too convenient an excuse. I think critical race theory is not something that is so that that is meant to be taken so lightly and just used as a excuse for racist racist attacks or what lah. Hmm. And and I mean, the 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 thing I think there have been certain public figures and politicians in Singapore who also use that analogy of importing these mm. sort of uh, foreign movements or causes mm. into mm. Singapore and warning Singapore against it, right? Yeah. So that's where I feel like, okay, you know, we look at this article and it's like, oh my God, how can you fucking make the comparison? But if the leaders themselves are saying that, mm. that's where it feels like, okay, uh, and it just makes it clear the importance of words uttered yeah. by leaders like, because they almost I almost feel like they enable these sort of mindsets yeah correct correct correct. and I mean uh, and this is coming from someone I think I've said before where, where I'm uh, not super supportive of the term uh, Chinese privilege like, right because, yeah, because yeah. I think it, it, it just especially in our context I think it fosters more confusion and, and divide than, and it actually helps the conversation like. um, and yeah. whereas in the US I think like white privilege and all that is a it's something that they have, they've they've been contending with for for much longer times. A general better understanding of what it is and already lah. Although they're probably still no, arguing about it, but it's also based on a very different set of circumstances that 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 they're using it lah, right? No, but to clarify, when you say you don't you feel Chinese the term Chinese privilege can be more destructive, mm. you're not saying you are against the belief that there is systemic racism. Yeah. It's just the word lah. Because yes. I know you have mentioned Chinese advantage before. Yeah. Or majority advantage or, right. or whatever lah. You know, basically majority advantage. Where as long as you're a majority in a group, there are certain uh, blind spots that you will have towards how how everyone feels lah, right? And and, yeah, and, and yeah. the disadvantages that some people have, uh, or advantages lah that some people have. Uh, well, when yeah. you use the word privilege, uh, it just smacks of a sense of like um, unearned and unearned uh, benefit, you know, that someone owns. And mm. then someone who like, he, his life is in the dumps and all that, he doesn't feel like he he particular has any advantage over people in society. Then you suddenly smack a uh, word privilege on him. It just, then, then it fosters a lot of anger. La, and, and that's why that's why it's, uh, there are a lot of people who react very badly to the word uh, Chinese but, privilege. But how does... How does advantage make that sound any better? Yeah, I think advantage is like, I, I think advantage is more of a neutral term, right? Mm. Like you say, I oh, you know, they they are one go up in the, in the this football game, they have the advantage when going forward. I mean, that's that's circumstantial, right? Your circumstances make mean that you're you're in this position, you're in a better position, lah. But when it, when you mm. say privilege, it's almost like you're enjoying something that was that was gifted to you that you 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 know that. Uh, yeah, that you didn't earn or what lah, right? Mm. So, so I, I think I guess as subtle as it is, there is a difference. Like, like, like me saying, "Hey, Harish, you have the, you know, you you have the privilege of, uh, of uh, you know, very very good looks lah." Versus, oh, you have the advantage of very good looks. You know, there's there's a there's a very subtle underlying difference when someone says something like that lah. Mm. Or okay, you flip uh, around, you can say, "Hey, Terence, you have the privilege." Of 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 having like fair skin, skin color, uh, skin, skin color, skin color, skin color, skin color, skin color uh, uh. Of your skin color is an advantage, lah, right? Mm. Right, that kind of thing. So like, I guess, like, like, I guess like, that's almost yeah. Like if I travel in China, I can blend into society more easily because of my skin color. That's an advantage, lah, right? Uh, yeah. But do I see it as a privilege that, that I have my skin color? Or no, like, I mean. It wasn't up to me. I didn't choose the skin color that I was born in, like, right? I guess. I guess maybe there might there might be the literal definition of privilege, but also the social use of the word privilege, like, Because yeah. I remember before this whole thing about privilege, I would uh, also say that privilege tends to be associated with wealth and status, like. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas advantage advantage feels a bit more, how you say, uh, yeah, like it's earned or something. Yeah, it's a neutral but I mean, thing, that's right? like a, a topic of a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah, but I was just yeah, thinking, yeah. can you imagine in, in, in like in tennis, if they swap out advantage for privilege, yeah, privilege. like Nadal and Federer <laughs> playing, you're like, yeah. okay, uh, privilege, Nadal. Nadal yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It doesn't sound right, right? It doesn't sound like they privilege. earned it. It sounds like they, they, they sat there and then suddenly it was given to them. Yeah. Privilege, Federer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This sounds wrong. Uh. From 40-40, yeah. 40-all. Uh, privilege, Federer. But, uh, yeah. But but I mean like so so coming back to this like what do you think will be you so you just now you said uh, Cao Bao uh, won won respond lah. 
Do you think like I, you think? I don't think they'll respond because like I said, the critical race theory is there's so many definitions out there and it's up to you to to I mean there's still a lot of uh debate going on about what exactly it is and and who started it and everything, like right. So like I said, it's a yeah. movement, it's not a fixed in stone, like everything you can Wikipedia and find the exact answer to it. And so so Chapo mm. can say, Yeah, you know, I, I looked at sources and these are what the sources said, and then we we wrote something based on that. La. It's like a like a like a primary school essay. Yeah. You just Google, you're like, oh, this one, then you make one paragraph about this. Yeah. Then you make one paragraph about that. Exactly. So so that means like in, in your weekly Chinese people meeting, mm. is this gonna be discussed? Uh the article? Yeah. Or the open letter. I like how you haven't even questioned the term chi- weekly Chinese people meeting. Oh, no, no, no. I meant yeah. it as a joke, but does it actually happen? Oh, fuck, it actually yeah, happens. Yeah, it happens. It? Uh, yeah. we, we, we're <laughs> s- I'm always sitting there conspiring how to have more privilege in society. Right? <laughs> so that's why yeah. when I message you and you maybe don't respond, it's because you're in your... I mean, your Zoom call. Chinese people Zoom call, is it? Yeah, all sharing the article. <laughs> And then just laughing at it. We got to maintain the little privilege that maintain, we have. Maintain everyone. the majority privilege. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if anyone is listening, try and get the link to that Zoom call. Uh, yeah. And just, just Zoom bomb it. Uh, like, yeah. what was the term? Is Zoom bomb? Is it Zoom bomb? I, I, I think so. Uh. Well, basically, you show your balls mm. in a Zoom call, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but by the way, going back balls, to the uh, open letter, yeah. I think uh, a big part of it is, yeah, like, because critical race theory uh is used by a lot of academics or so that right so mm. uh i think that's why the academic academics they are reacting so strongly to it also la. because yeah. um you know it's fellow academics who are being uh being villainized by this top house uh definition of critical race theory yeah because i was gonna say it might maybe it might even reach more people if it was 185 influencers who signed it <laughs> versus academics uh. Oh. Can you imagine like <laughs> oh, I would love to see influences. Yeah, love oh. to see. 185 influences. I mean basically uh, yeah, la, there's this I mean it will get more reach la. it will get more reach la. Yeah, it'll be like sponsored by Gush Cloud or something. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's you probably get you get you get some free free gifts and there's some affiliate marketing associated with it also. La. Yeah. So instead of MA student, Department of History, National University of Singapore, it'd be two hundred thousand followers, TikTok, twenty seven million views. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's been a because because of Trump and everyone there's also been a very uh you know there's a lot of distrust of academia and scientists, science and all that as well. Uh mm. especially and then and I mean the whole larger conversation about covid and what to believe and everything. So it, it's it's just a very sensitive time for academia also. La. So I I don't I totally understand why they are writing this open letter with such indignation. Yeah. But I mean, we will put a link to the open letter in the show notes if you mm. haven't seen it already. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious how... And I mean, that's where if there are any academics listening, if you have any thoughts on this or if there's any reasons why you didn't sign this, it would be great to fucking hear it, man. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. But speaking but, but, of... Uh, speaking of uh, academic and, mm. and, and, and really... <laughs> Really smart, brain-busting things to talk about. Our goofy uh, topic is mm. also in that realm, right? It's mm, of Harish, mm. one of Harish's uh, favorite um, films. Favorite eh? films. Mm. This is all-time favorite film, I think. And uh, this is the director of that film addressing a very controversial issue that happened in the film. And what is that mm. film that you love and have talked so fondly about in all the years of this podcast? I have definitely talked about it, but I wouldn't say I talked about it fondly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is the movie Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Singapore's, yeah. Singapore's best Asian. movie ever. Yeah. Mm, mm, correct, correct. So Crazy Rich Asians. So, so the big news is that um, while promoting uh, his latest movie, which I didn't know he was a director of, mm. um, it is the what you might call it in the heights mm-hmm. which is an uh, f- uh film adaptation of lin manuel miranda's uh musical yep. uh he he said that um he regrets not making the the south asian characters in crazy rich asians more human mm-hmm. in response to criticism for casting brown actors in subservient roles mm-hmm. and that whole criticism was actually quite a big thing when the movie came out there were articles written across a bunch of websites yeah. i'm looking at one that was written by quartz 
um, back in 2018. And yeah, the, the title was the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians has some asking where are the brown faces. And I think that the response to that was like, okay, wait for the full movie to see. And then when the full movie came out, there was just like one scene where these two Indian security guards were kind of caricatured in one scene with no speaking lines. Like. So now yeah. John Chu said, yeah, he wishes he made them more human. Yeah. Um, and he's going to try harder for his upcoming sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why why did you want to talk about this, Terence? Because you sent me this article. Yeah. No, I mean, I, mm. I know that it's a, it's a very sore point for you. Like, like the moment... No, you, okay. The first, moment of all, first of all, it wasn't... No, okay. <laughs> fuck you, shut up. Okay, so it no, wasn't... Let me finish. It wasn't... Uh, the moment no, okay, that okay, scene, fine. Fine, you finish. The moment that scene... <laughs> I saw that scene in the cinema. I was like, oh, Harish <laughs> is going to like light up at this scene. This scene is going to like make Harish light up like Christmas tree. And like he's he's gonna just blow his top uh. so so I know Harris <laughs> no. was watching it later that evening or something like that lah. Uh. So I was like, yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, after after I finished the show, I was like, yeah, dude. It was them. It was them. Awesome. Go go enjoy. And then no, so <laughs> so I would say I would say I I did not enjoy the movie, but not not because of that scene particularly. Oh. It's just I thought the whole movie was <laughs> was uh was not even a good story lah. And I think part of me was like it was being heralded as this this Asian savior mm. for representation and all that. And I think that hype, admittedly, it may not have been John Chu's doing directly, but the hype on the internet was kind of annoying me like, because it felt like, okay, it's representative of some Asians, but not all. Mm. And now, honestly, to see you say this, it just, I find it so hilarious. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find but I mean, it fucking even hilarious. The, the fact that I, as a Chinese person, I watched it and... I merely that scene just jumped out as me. It's like, whoa. The, 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 I mean, the, I think they use the stereotypes of basically like Gurkha guards, right? Or, or, or you know, like basically the, the guards were, I think they were wearing like turbans or something. And then the way yeah. they were like, you know, the way they appeared in front of Aquafina, uh, Aquafina's character's car, it was almost like they were like, 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 like animals like that. Lah. And I even, I felt yeah. a little bit uncomfortable with that because that's exactly the kind of uh, stereotypes that people have of like of uh, minorities in Singapore sometimes, uh, you know? Like like, like the old, yeah. a lot of old people, so, oh, last, oh, this person can't catch you, uh, Mata can't catch you, Mankali come and all that kind of thing, uh, right? And it's very, yeah, very so, poisonous. So, uh, yeah. so, so why I find this whole thing hilarious, I mean, sad, but also hilarious, because it fucking, it's, it's goofy as fuck to me. Like, because, mm. like, I'm reading one article that talked about the recent uh, press junket he did while promoting his current movie. Mm. And he said that uh, there's a lesson that I did not understand until it happened. I was like, this is a book that exists and I'm making this book into a movie. Mm. I can't add a new character into this book. Mm. And then he goes on to say he wished he could have made the brown characters in Crazy Rich Asians more human by giving them more dialogue. And to me right now, I almost wish he didn't fucking say this. Like, mm. Because to me... He's saying it during a press junket where he's promoting his newest movie, which is a very diverse cast. Yeah. It's done by uh, a minority playwright uh, who's fucking uh, amazing. Yeah. And yeah, he's the director. So of course he has to say this. Mm. But when all the criticism was being uh, thrown out back in 2018, did he ever say anything? Not that I recall. Mm. So when I look at this, I'm like, fuck this. Lah, okay, This is just... So everything that the movie was standing for, everything people were saying, you know, like it's it's... We for so long we have heard you know people say it's a white character you know is it this you know is adaptation of the book you can't create a new character mm. you know but it has left Asians out didn't he do the exact same fucking thing yeah I mean then he's uh, apologizing for it now so why yeah. why why so why so but, angry with him I don't know okay I'm I'm pretty sure like in in a week or something I would still I would appreciate him for apologizing apologizing but right now yeah. I'm looking at it I'm like wow this is so ridiculous that <laughs> I don't even know whether he means it or whether it's just because he's doing the press tour for his latest movie la. mm. and it came up during the press thing I mean um to be fair like there might have just been that blind spot for him as well la. you know in the mm. in the um, in the rush, in the joy, in the, in the, you know, the how epic the scale of the movie became, right? You know, in terms of being mm. a global hit and everything. Uh, mm. Yeah, you, you're just surrounded by people who are just telling you you're doing an awesome job, you're doing an awesome job. And you never really take the time to stop and say, hey, you know, is there something that I did wrong? Like, or is it just haters? Haters gonna hate or whatever, like, you know? And, 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 yeah. and, and maybe it's only after a certain time amount of time of reflection and all that then he 
has come to the realization, yeah, it's true lah, he could have done better lah. So Correct. But but if you think about it, if you think about it, like why I find this almost like more goofy than anything, it's yeah. it's if you were to kind of you think people who are non-Asian are gonna be like uh who maybe realized that a few years ago they did something wrong mm. um and now they acknowledge that it was wrong, mm. you think they will be given that much leeway? Um I think so. And I'm saying this and I'm saying this only because I just find it uh when I saw it, I was like, huh, okay, like, uh, I guess because of the circumstances, I'm just mm. unsure whether or not he's doing it just because of the press or because of his PR director because it just feels like an odd time to talk about it. Lah. No, but like the, new, like, the sequel is not coming out. But in fact, I, I, I do respect that he even bothers, bothers to address it because he can just, I mean, he can just continue keeping quiet. He's, it's not like he's not being uh, praised for for helping uh, minorities in America and everything already, right? I think he gets mm. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, applause and a lot of a lot of uh, praise for what he does for the Asian Americans and now you know in the heights for for uh, different um, uh, dif- different ethnic minorities in America. La. So mm. for him to still come out and address this, even though it was a uh, you know it's like you said, people weren't even talking about it as much. Outside of Singapore, like maybe, um, I think it's 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 pretty good. Right? It shows that there is some growth, there is some uh, self reflection going on in there, like, and they're not just clouded by the success, like you know. Yeah, but I just find it funny because I know there were a lot of people who were writing about this back then, yeah. and they were always getting shut down. They were saying, you know, this movie is not going to represent all Asians yeah. and blah, blah. So why can't you just accept it and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then now when the director comes out, I'm assuming people, people like, like what you said, like, you know, it's good that he reflected and he has growth and all that. But back then, right, mm. I specifically remember people posting about it and in the comments, people saying, what do you want? Huh? It's just a movie, what? It's not supposed to be reflective of the real thing, blah, 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 blah. And everyone who was posting about it was meant to be like... Fuck lah, you know, like, what's the point? And then, then it became divisive lah because yeah. the supporters of those posts were like, yeah, you know, this is... But everyone's like, it's just a movie, what? Yeah. It's not a documentary, it's just a movie, what? Yeah, but this and then is, now when the director comes out, yeah. everyone's like, oh, you know, yeah lah, he reflected, you know, and correct, it's good, correct. it's good, you know. That. I don't know. So that's why I feel, I feel it's like, wow, that's, that's, that's goofy lah. But, but, but again, hindsight is... Goofy is topic, tw- hindsight is 2020. Remember the movie was mm. made in 2017 la, you know, like almost four years mm. ago. And in this day and age, mm. like four years, there's like probably even before Trump was a president and all that. I don't know, maybe during Trump's time or what. But, Literally, 2017 was Trump was president, right? Yeah, yeah, So no, but maybe pre-pro uh. and the writing process already started already, and you couldn't just you couldn't just change that overnight, also, lah, right? So, so I'm just saying mm. that it's as much as it seems like oh, it's so such an easy thing for him to have done four or five years ago. The conversations people are having, the conversations that people dare to have, the conversation that that people even dare to go to up to a director and say, hey, you could have done this better. It was a very different time, mm. like, You know, whereas nowadays it's it's like. You know, people just on social media they're coming out and saying things already, lah, right? You don't even wait for mm. you don't even need to wait for any official time or portal to say something. So yeah, you know, you, you got a good thing. But what I want I want to see is that the rest of the cast, especially those the Singaporeans in the cast, lah, right? I want to hear what mm. they have to say about it, lah. Because you know, of course, mm. they love the movie. They loved walking with John Chu. A lot of them have become uh, much bigger stars, like Henry Golding, and then. Tang King Hua and all that because of this movie, like, right? Fiona Sia. So, mm. so what do they think of that those that that particular scene when they watched it, like, you know? And and no, but and I if, mean just 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 yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, if they realize that, oh yeah, maybe I used to have a blind spot or, or something like that. I think it's very helpful for for one of them for any of them to come out and say, hey, yeah, you know, I also now years later I look back and I'm like, yeah, actually that scene slightly problematic. If I knew if I knew about it, I would have done, I could have done something about it, but yeah, maybe I didn't know about it, Yeah, I mean, like for for actors involved in a production, all I think okay, there are sometimes they it's out of their control. Yeah. But I'm just saying that everything you said, right? Mm. Um has been said before about the let's say the the white executive producers or white directors mm. in in uh Hollywood like, and all I'm saying is that for John Chu and for everyone around that uh hype who were using the exact same things um uh against white directors for not casting Asians mm. 
then the, these people also need to be held up to the same standard. La. So, mm. so that means what? Now there's Crazy Rich Asians, then I, like I as an Indian director need to rise up against Crazy Rich Asians and my South Asian brethren and come up with a Crazy Rich South, South Asians. So to me, that's why I find it so goofy is because you have the, the white directors who are keeping out the the Asian people, someone makes an Asian movie that keeps up the South Asians. Yeah. And where does it end there? Yeah? It means the Eurasian, <laughs> and like further down the line, there'll be a Crazy Rich Eurasians uh, yeah. because they were given a scene in Crazy Rich South Asians that caricaturized them, yeah. which was made because Crazy Rich Asians caricaturized South Asians. So I just feel like I'm all for personal growth and people acknowledging um, like their mistakes, but then the same things that were being thrown to the people uh, uh, like a few years ago, should should also be highlighted here, lah. Mm-hmm. So I just that's why I found it I found it goofy, lah. Because it just feel like, huh? If you just swap out the ethno ethnic ethnicities and all, it feels similar. Yeah, it feels similar. I mean, it's of a, course. What what yeah. you're asking for? Yeah, like, We don't want to go down a crazy rich slippery slope, lah. Right. And yeah, like, every crazy rich Asian there'll be one ethnic. Every group. niche minority also <laughs> kind of like, fucked over. Crazy and rich, they have to make their own movie. Fat. Yeah. People, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, most <laughs> rich people are like are usually o- overweight as well, uh. But 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 yeah. uh, so, you know, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But I, I guess, um, it's similar to what we're talking about, critical race theory is that you don't want to just, you know, in one bucket say that oh, you know, this needs to you need to solve world hunger with this movie, lah, right? But but if there's mm. some acknowledging of uh, you know, the fact that you're filming in Singapore is a multicultural city and not. Not all Indians are bodyguards or security guards. I think that that that, that to me that's a step forward, la. And it's very easy to find, still continue to poke holes and find the problems with everything they do. But every time, that that's the thing, like You know, you got to also give people the their due if they did something good, la. And then also, but also you can criticize them, but don't don't take away from the whole experience and say that oh it was terrible because it did not feature okay, South so, Asian character. So let me let me just reiterate. I'm not yeah. saying the movie was terrible because of that one scene and because it didn't have enough brown characters. I just thought it was a bad movie. Okay? Stop fucking painting yeah. the blanket on me and, and putting your, everything... That's your private <laughs> opinion. That is Harish's private no. opinion. Yeah, I know There's it's nothing, a problem, but I just want to clarify... objective about it. It's just a subjective... Yeah, opinion. correct. It's a subjective opinion, but I just want to clarify that it wasn't anchored in that one scene. Yeah. That one scene, I was like, ah, okay, but overall as a movie, I thought it wasn't a good movie like, in terms of storyline uh. and, and acting. Like. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw it as a great Friday night popcorn entertainment and the group that I went with all well, enjoyed it. How about the group you There's went group. with? How about the group you went with? Did they enjoy it? I went with my girlfriend and she thought it was okay. She, I mean, she wasn't allowed to yeah. say otherwise. La, right? <laughs> Fuck you. What do you mean not allowed to say otherwise? Just to clarify, the group you, that you went with, the, the, the group that you went with, was it like a outing after your weekly Chinese meeting? Maybe. Uh, maybe. It was uh, all Chinese, right? Yeah, yeah. It was all Chinese, after, right? Then we went for <laughs> dim sum after that. So, yeah. We went for dim sum. In and then next morning, that, yeah. we played a round of ping pong. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I just want to say if you have not watched Crazy Rich Asians, it's a good Friday night, you know, just chill and Netflix kind of show. But but yeah, don't mm. don't, don't don't hang your whole hat of like of of expectations of like your race and everything, you know, being represented on it, Because because even oh, as no, a, no, no, no. even as a Singapore Chinese, there's so much of it that I just find ridiculous and such caricatures. Of, of Chinese people also, like, you know, like the whole mahjong No, correct, thing. correct. But I must also say that if you watch it now, mm. it is devoid of all the hype that was going on in 2017, 2018. Mm. Like, and I think if I were to watch it now, yeah. I would say, okay, it's just a rom-com. Yeah. What annoyed me back in 2017, 2018 was that it was seen as the bastion of, of Asian representation in Hollywood. And yeah. all I was saying was, it wasn't. wasn't. It was a good representation, <laughs> but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. So now, if you watch it and you and you enjoy it and you think, "Oh, Harish is a fucking salty bitch," <laughs> then I'll be like, "You shut the fuck up. You build a time machine. You go back to 2017, 2018, and then you watch it there, and then you tell me your opinion." Because yeah. if I watch it now, I might have a very different opinion. Yeah. So you notice, I wasn't the one who said Harish is a salty bitch. Uh. Is Harish himself? Yeah, because he acknowledges that no, <laughs> that, that there no, is the possibility that that might run in your mind. Uh. Yeah, of course. And I know it because I've seen that speech bubble, that thought bubble over Terence's head so many times when I talk about uh, Crazy Rich Asia. He's like, oh, now salty bitch again. Salty bitch again. That's, you're, you're, so, seeing, so yeah. you're wrongly attributing your own your own internalized racism onto me. Okay? <laughs> hey, fuck you. Don't try and, don't try and be a Lian He in real life, okay? Yeah, internalizing your own, your own racism. No, no. 
Don't be a Lianhe Zabao. Yeah. That should be on the T-shirt. Don't be a Lianhe <laughs> Lianhe Zabao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, interesting lah. Everyone, you can. I mean, there's a, it's not not much to discuss other than what John True says. A couple of lines that he says, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, interesting. Correct, correct. Yeah, wow. correct. But but yes, now yes. we are onto a, a more light-hearted part of our podcast called the one shot comment. Yes, what is your one shot comment? My my one shot comment is um something on Reddit mm. by okay can okay underscore can eight two nine two. Okay. And. And the comment just says, Hey, Terrence and Harris, just thought I'd drop in and let you know that my partner and I feel like you guys are our mutual friends. We're mm. always telling each other something like, I heard somewhere saying this, like we are so well informed then calling each other out. Oh, you heard from Yalabad, right? Mm. Haha, thank you for being our source of information. Always looking forward. And and I mean, I know it was in the last podcast or the previous the podcast before that where you said one of your friends sent you a screenshot of his wife sending him an article talking about how podcasters are now replacing friends almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought, oh shit, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's nice to know. Yeah, it's it's I yeah, mean, so it's, uh, it's it's pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, that 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 uh yeah, I I I like it that people are discussing the topics that we talk about rather than you know yeah. like, like what what we wore or anything like that lah. Right. Yeah, and people are remembering us. Oh my god! You know what would make me so happy if it's like if I'm walking on the street and I just hear someone saying, "Wow, oh, Patuha really sucked, man," yeah. or like I miss Sugar Daddy Hing. Yeah. Woo! That would make my fucking day, man. Yeah. So that was from, I think, episode 169. 169, right? Yes. Correct, correct, yes. Yeah. And then uh, I think my um, my favorite comment was actually from the, also from Reddit. Someone came up with a, with a meme. Um, basically, it's called by Hayata, who has done a lot of uh, interesting, interesting memes of us. The episode with Terrence as a gangster. And and, mm. and I think he references the fact that I, I mean I saw a comment that someone said that my hair makes me look like Pinkia now. Then he put me in the in the poster with uh you know you remember fifteen the movie or Eastern Tan with the Abe yeah, 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 correct, correct. yeah he put me in the background of yeah. that of that of one of the scenes in there lah. So I think that that cracked me up because that's exactly the the last place that you will find me when I was fifteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with tattooed abings. That's in, true. In yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like when I was fifteen, that was absolutely the last place I would, I would be. So, so what? What gang did you hang out with when you were fifteen? Uh? uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, I was very religious lah back then. I was very. Uh, I was church going, God fearing, and everything. Uh, you church know, gang, uh, your church gang, Salvation uh. Army, all that kind of stuff. Uh. A lot of, a lot of uh, <laughs> interesting activities. But not not gang, not nothing gang related like that. Yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Right. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so then then we we end off with our one short thing of the week. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, and what is yours? Yeah, my one short thing is I I watched uh Raya, it's an animated mm. show uh on Disney Plus over the weekend. I think a few months ago or late last year it came out as a as a you know as a movie but you know obviously covid so no one actually watched it but um it actually is uh it's it's called raya the last dragon or something and it stars aquafina acting as a dragon and uh what mm. i liked about it i mean it, it's it's a very standard disney kind of story la. i wouldn't say it's like there's anything in there that that really like whoa shit this is my my mind is blown or anything like that but what, what mm. I thought was pretty cool was that they integrated uh, Southeast Asian culture into a story, but they did not actually use actual any anyone's actual culture. La. They invented like completely a new universe, a new culture, everything. But it's all influenced by Southeast Asian culture. And, and, mm. and you know, less, you know it, the person is like, for example, the person is cooking something that obviously looks like Tom Yam soup, but they don't call it Tom Yam soup. La. And so, you know, they, they so everything and everyone is like Southeast Asian in the story. And the cast is all Asian. The voice cast is all Asian and everything. Um and then yeah, it tells a, a very important story about about um even even within the even within a common group or tribe, there's a lot of issues of mistrust and everything. Uh, and you can mm. you can see it's an allegory to to about talking about climate change or about 
relationships even between ASEAN countries or Asian countries or between Asian people, how diverse we are and all that. So 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 I mm. thought actually and and at the end of it I didn't feel like it was like fucking preaching to me or anything. So I actually thought it was oh okay, this is something that I can get behind. And and Aquafina was really, really pretty funny as the dragon and everything. So so, so yeah. Raya is like R A Oraya and the last dragon. Yeah, so even the name Raya, it sounds like a strange name for a dragon, right? You you think it's like Indonesian yeah. or Malay or something like that. And I think that's completely deliberate lah to place the story somewhere in Southeast Asia in a mythical Southeast Asian kind of context. Huh? And then all the mm. armies, the uniforms, everything all look very vaguely Southeast Asian. So so it's not, it, it, it's it's Asian in that way, but it's not like, you know, the, the Ang Mo kind of Asian where basically it's just Chinese American, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so it's really like, I think they really studied, they properly studied like how Southeast Asian art and culture the differences between each different uh, uh, country and everything and try to incorporate that into the story, which I thought was pretty smart. Lah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So if you are if you're feeling angry about Crazy Rich Asians, maybe you should you you should watch this one instead, lah, Raya. <laughs> yeah. And and Raya Raya is the threat between lah. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. As in Aquafina, Aquafina, Aquafina. Yeah, yeah. She's a common threat. Her. Yeah. And she's 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 funny, man. She's good. She's good in, in the yeah. show, yeah. That is cool. But so, what is your one shot? All right, my one shot thing is um, I'm I mean I'm not I'm not really a gamer per mm. se, mm. but I just happened to see the trailer for Battlefield twenty forty two. Okay, have you ever played Battlefield? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, Casually, I think like, it's yeah. coming out. Yeah, it's coming out on October twenty second, mm. and the trailer is fucking mind-blowing man really? like i don't know what the game i never played battlefield but i just watched it and i don't know maybe battlefield trailers are always like this and maybe there's a shitty trailer compared to previous trailers mm. but i watched it i was like oh shit this is insane the graphics are insane mm. though the, the way i mean because it's a trailer it's five minutes long and they just uh show the different landscapes of battle mm-hmm. uh, one is in a desert one is in a mountain and it's just fucking insane man it's it's like like a like a big budget Hollywood movie. Like, and I was thinking, just made me wonder like, fuck man, these games, how, I mean, every game like this probably takes years and thousands and thousands of animators. Like. Yep, yep. And I, whenever I look at a scene, a zoom up, I'm like, every strand of hair was probably like, I don't know, like just like a, a lot of human labor going into just creating that one strand of hair and how it moves in the wind and all. Mm. And it blew my mind. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to play it? Yeah, it was. Um, I... I would like to, but I don't know whether it's enough for me to buy a a a a, a place. Is it PlayStation? Yeah, PS5. Um, buy something like yeah. Uh. If it's just to try, yeah, sure. Oh, but I, I can imagine this game also. It takes a it has a learning curve, lah, right? I mean, all all games these days are a bit more a uh, learning curve, yeah, A bit more learning curve, lah. You won't you yeah. won't just become good at it overnight. But but do you like those sort of war first shooters, first person shooters? I think I stopped playing first person shooters. Uh, when I started getting nauseous from them, really, and that oh, was really like, yeah. way back in the day, already, yeah, like two, maybe ten, see, yeah. ten to twelve years ago or something like that. Because like, yeah, I can imagine if you're playing it on a, a like a TV, mm. uh, with with sitting on the couch and it can it can get to you after a while, so yeah. Yeah, 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 and and uh, I mean it's quite a pity because some of these like um first person shooters have actually become like really good at uh, telling like single player stories games, right yeah, stories that that really immerse you in that time like, I think Battlefield 1 which was about World War 1 I, I believe was the first time mm. that World War 1 was really so uh, was, was really the experience of it trench warfare and everything was distilled into a really high octane action game so is that what you played? I think I believe so yeah so so it's, it was quite um uh Interesting. It makes you after that after you play the game, it makes you feel like reading up a little bit more and and you know just finding a little bit more about that era and everything. Uh. so so that's mm. why I, I feel I feel you know being able to play first person shooters is a real privilege. Uh. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Yeah. Not an advantage. No, no, it's not an advantage. It's a privilege. privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, first person privilege. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. First person yeah. privilege. What a way to end off and circle back to the issue. Yes. Privilege. Race and privilege. But I said, as you said, we'll be addressing all these issues, especially with in relation to the the interracial couple. 
the the gong yeah. lady, the one who was gonging with the guy in the background. Uh, yeah. and then all this critical race theory or we're addressing all that when we talk to Sudhir later this week Sudhir um, yeah. so yeah we, we need you guys to also give us your questions uh, and don't don't feel afraid don't be intimidated by, by Sudhir I think he's very open to talking he's about chill, uh. very, like, any kind of questions uh. he's a very smart guy yeah. and yeah he like very like you know articulate you know, everything but, but he's very, very open to, to different types of questions uh. hell yeah, yeah man I think we are the ones that are like gonna shoot you down if you don't give us anything smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please, uh, be, you must either be an academic or a scholar. Yeah, we are okay. independent. What, uh, independent scholars. Independent scholars. Yeah. Independent scholars, correct. Google is my, my search engine. Yeah, not content creators. <laughs> independent scholars. <laughs> correct, correct. Correct. Yeah. But yes, that is the end of today's episode. Uh, the next episode will be the one with Sudhir. So stay tuned.